Alrighty, everyone. And <laughs> it's sort of weird, but honestly, really fun. Happy to be back. If you don't know, uh, my name is Jared Gear. I was one of the former Blue Devils conductors during the 2022 season. And alongside me today is one of my best friends, Corey Castillo, who also was with me in 2022, but just finished his 2023 season and final season with the Blue Devils. Corey, how's it going? Jared, it's so good. Currently, it is September. We're pretending like we just finished up the summer. Um, but trust and believe, we took a nice long break from the podcast. Not because we don't like doing it, but, um, you know, our, our summers got busy. And today, we wanted to talk to you about that. So like Jared said, um, I just aged out. I'm officially too old for drum corps. Hip, hip, hooray. So happy. Welcome to the club. <laughs> it feels great, honestly. My bones feel bad, but uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm glad to be on the other side now. Um, so, how should we start? Which so much has happened. How do we? How do we get I mean, back on first, track here? I think everybody wants to know, of course, how your summer went um, this past season. But I mean, you and I also had some very good one-on-one conversations. This summer was not as you know, it was fun, but it wasn't as easy as you originally thought it was going to be. Of course, drum corps is not an easy activity. There's a lot of work that goes into it. But, you know, once you do it before, especially in your position, um, I think the the assumption is the safe word that you were like, oh, okay, I know what to do. And then this summer really put you to the test. And you were just like, uh, I feel just as confused as I was before. So kind of just, you know, tell everybody how your summer was. And how was it for you as a as the leader of the organization? For those of you who are new, I, I've i been doing drum corps. And specifically, I've been a part of the Blue Devils for a pretty long time. Um, I started in the B Corps in 2017. I was a metal phone player. And then I've been with the A Corps since 2018, did two years in the mellow section, and um, then moved up to drum major. So, yeah, so uh, this last season, 2023, was my second full season as head drum major. And uh, we've talked plenty about how my experience and how our experiences were in 2022. I think a lot of the, a lot of the things that we went through in 2022 were just... Um, you know, post-COVID rebuilding and um, having to build a team, build a core from scratch while also keeping values and I guess the legacy of the past, if you want to put a a big word to it. Um, And so this year, when we started the off-season camps, um, I I knew that it was going to be a different experience for me um, because... In terms of leadership, I, I felt that uh, I was much more supported. I had a lot of very strong leaders who really kind of knew what they were doing this year, which was awesome. So that was that was a big difference between this year and 2022, um, is that I, I kind of, it, it was almost a learning curve too. I had to, you know, I, I saw that we had such great leaders, you know, section leaders, uh, horn sergeant, guard captains, like all of those leaders across the core, and even our drum major team was a lot more experienced this year. So one of my things I had to learn was how do I um, invest and delegate and lean on the leadership team more instead of taking it all on myself, which I think is what I did in 2022. So that was 
extremely helpful, but that also had an interesting effect because I thought that being able to delegate and rely on more hands to help me out on the leadership side would make my job easier. Um, and it did for certain things, but I think as any like drum major type or type A person, you will always find something else that will occupy your brain and you're like, oh man, I have to get better at this. Like, even if you don't have a ton of responsibility, you're going to find something that um, is going to occupy that time and effort. And so I, I think like overall, my biggest struggle this year was um, now that I know what happens during the course of a season, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, um, what it looks like to, I don't know, rehearse well or communicate well. Like I knew how everything worked. And so that honestly was a bigger burden. So every moment of the day, I felt like I was over-evaluating everything. I'm like, oh man, that little thing is not how it should be. Like we're not rehearsing how we exactly should be. Um, so it was like a lot of micro details that I just like could not, like I couldn't unsee them once I saw them because I had this experience. Um, and I'm not complaining at all. And I think it's, it's, I, it was good to have almost kind of a humbling experience like that. Um, because I was worried partially that I would get complacent too in this role. And I, I think we've all had leaders who, um, maybe have been there a while or even like band directors or staff members where they they're like, you know, I've been here X amount of years. I've done, I've won this many times. So what I say is the right way and I'm never going to change and I'm never going to be flexible. I was, I never ever wanted to be that. So I'm kind of glad it happened this way, but it was just very interesting. Um, yeah. My perspective as a, as a drum major this year, my experience was very different than what I thought and different than what 22 was. Um, so needless to say, I learned a lot. Overall, I had a really great summer and we can maybe talk a little bit more about like the the other things that, that made the summer fun or hard, but that, that was kind of my, my leadership growth over the course of the summer. Um, and I, I think, I mean, we can talk about drum corps all day, um, but I think Jared also has a really, um, a cool story, I think, from his summer too because he's been booked and busy even though he's aged out so jared why don't you tell us like what have you been up to how many hours of band camp did you teach let us know i i don't necessarily know how many hours of band camp but i did visit a lot of band programs so um 2022 was my age out and it was my one and done um and I thought that going into my 2023 summer, you know, I would enjoy being a spectator. Cause like I told you, drum corps is hard. So like, you know, I was enjoying my little break. <laughs> I was like, man, I ain't got to go lift no podiums. I ain't got to wake up early. I ain't got to sleep on no bus. I got a bed. Okay. I was fine. I'm over here texting Corey. I'm like, ha ha in my bed, <laughs> you know, like you over there in the heat. Ha ha. Bye. But, um, this summer I, you know, fulfilling the role as the director of silent command there were a ton of opportunities where different uh marching arts programs um required our services so just a little recap so silent command 
which brings to you the 8 to 5 Club podcast, is a marching arts consulting service where, you know, we provide various advanced levels of education to programs that may need it or just want to learn or want to do drum corps or whatever. You know, our main goal is to kind of clean what you already know and to provide more knowledge and resources in order for you to grow. Um, So this summer, this past summer, I should say, I was fulfilling those duties. And I think, you know, I did a clinic in California and I did a clinic in Oklahoma and uh, there was Mississippi and then there was one in uh, Texas. So, you know, visiting those places and even with the states alone. You can kind of already imagine what band is like in certain states, or maybe you can't. Um, But for me, I'm from Georgia. So the only thing I truly know is how band works here. Everybody knows about Texas or assumes that, you know, every part of Texas are these high-funded band programs, which a lot of them are. But then there's a good portion of those band programs that are ignored. So... I, I was talking to Corey about this. I was like, as an educator, there, as a good educator, there comes leadership within the role. And what I caught myself doing during my lesson planning was I was like, okay, I'm going to copy and paste everything. Okay, this worked for this group, so it has to work for this group. Far from. Um, I remember there was a collaboration that I did with the Breakdown Camp, which is under the direction of Michael Rosales, and um, we went to Prosper High School in Prosper ISD. Very, very affluent area. The band program is very highly funded, but those kids are very experienced. You know, they go to their all-state auditions, and they have drum corps experienced instructors that are feeding them their knowledge it was like a little high school drum corps when i was seeing those kids so then obviously my vocabulary and the knowledge that i was bestowing on them was very advanced compared to when i did a clinic in mississippi where sometimes um not all of mississippi but there's certain parts of mississippi where programs don't get the support from their state to be funded. So a lot of it is on their band directors, one. And two, if we're being real, as you guys probably already know, we know who is a good teacher from who is not a good teacher. So some some programs are suffering and you know they're calling Silent Command as like a dire need because they don't have any prior knowledge. So I went to, you know, I went to Texas and I kind of was throwing in a lot of more advanced material go to Mississippi or Alabama and you got to start in ground one. And then how do you authentically teach that? So remember how I was telling you during my lesson planning, my original plan, which is on my fault, I was going to copy and paste. Of course, since I did drum corps, everything that I have is advanced. Everything that I want to do is advanced. Oh, they can do a crescendo. Here you go. Or, oh, they can do a cue on the downbeat of three. Here you go go to Mississippi, they're like, okay, this is how we conduct. We don't change our pattern. What? That's, you know, so you have to adapt. And, you know, this summer I definitely had experience of adapting and just seeing like, you know what, from now on, I'm going to see first before pre-planning. And I think that's where people get caught on is 
every program is at a different stage. I went to, uh, when I was in Torrance, California, I went to South High School and West High School. We did a clinic together. Now, those kids were very, very knowledgeable within their craft. We had a fun time, but there were a lot of things that they just didn't know, which I had the privilege to bring knowledge to them to where I got a lot of, thank you so much, Jared. We we had a very, very good time and stuff. And then even when we had the summer symposium in Mississippi, you know, a lot of those kids like lit up because they were like, oh my gosh, I did not think about this. Um, and then even in Texas, there were some kids that were just like, you know what, I'm going to use this during my lessons. Thank you. I can't wait to, you know, grow further um, with the knowledge that I have. So coming on a educator's perspective, you have to adapt. And I wasn't originally going to do that, but I'm glad that I took the time to kind of sit back and have that humbling experience as well um, in order to realize like, you know what? Not every program is the same and not every program have uh, 200 to 300 members in the program. How can you work with the program that literally only have 25? How can you teach at a level with 25 kids? And we're not while also not insulting their intelligence because every kid like or not every kid, but everybody doesn't know what they don't know. And that was a phrase that we used at Blue Devils all the time. Um, and that really was taken into effect when I was doing those consulting acts. So, I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, being able to enjoy these states um, with peers in the activity were definitely um, a great opportunity for me. And then, of course, you know, being able to see Corey over the summer for like the the short second that I got to see him. Um, I think the, the story behind that real quick is just like, I remember, you know, DCI Atlanta is here. It's actually held at Georgia State University where I went to school for a little bit. And I remember, I don't, I, I got there and the, the horn line was doing their, you know, morning warm up or whatever. And um, I think Corey was doing something. So I didn't go to him immediately. Uh but then, surely enough, him and I said hello to each other. And then I forgot. I, I got coffee for all of the drum majors. And <laughs> I was like, Corey doesn't drink coffee. What can I get him? And I got him a Kondike bar, which ended up being very useful <laughs> towards that day. So That's it was right. kind of nice to also see him during that time. That was also an, uh, an interesting day um, because the day of the Atlanta show was like the day that we traveled into um, Georgia. And I think we're coming from Tennessee. And, you know, it was, it was supposed to be, I don't know, maybe a six, seven hour night drive. Um, one of our member buses broke down. And it was the guard bus, the bus that I was on. Um, like, couldn't even make it a mile from where we were staying in Tennessee. Um, all the other buses had left. So our bus broke down. And so we were like pulled over at the side of the road. We were like frantically putting all of our suitcases and stuff on like cramming it on other buses and like different trucks we had and trying to find spaces for people. And like a bunch of people were like on the admin bus and it was it was crazy. Um, and finally we get rolling. And then about I, I think it was around the same time our core director gets a call and our van that was. Um, carrying the prop crew also broke down like halfway between Tennessee and Georgia. 
So when we finally, I mean, we rolled up to that high school in Georgia, like super late in the morning, like, and we, I mean, it was the day of the regional. So we only had maybe a three or four hour rehearsal before we had to head off to the show anyway. But it was like, we had no props because we didn't have the prop crew. Like they were stranded with their van. Like, like some people still didn't have suitcases. Like a lot of us left stuff on the bus that we like needed for the show. So that was a very crazy, hectic day. Um, probably like the toughest logistical day of the summer. Um, I mean, that's really worst case scenario. It happens to most drum corps at some point. You'll have a bus breakdown yeah. or multiple times. And that definitely, right. we definitely got our fair share of that. No core is immune to that. Um, yeah. It's a true I, test to a drum major's leadership too, because like everybody's looking at you, uh, like what's going on. Even, even uh, look, even during my season, I was like, I'm glad I'm not the head because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to be answering all these questions. I mean, of course you get them when you're on the same team, but I just said, I was like, look, I don't know, ask Corey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go ahead, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, there were. I mean, like I said, that was probably the worst logistical situation, but we definitely. I mean. Like if, if you're aware of anything about, you know, culture and politics and drum corps and stuff, it's, we had our fair share of stuff happen this year. So long story short, like there were so many moments where I think being calm, cool and collected as, as the leadership team, um, was extremely important because there were honestly, you know, a couple points in the season that were like, something happens and this can like make or break the drum corps for the rest of the year like so easily at a couple points in the in the summer we could have like something easily could have just like flipped 180 in the membership and we just give up and right you know don't don't push through the end of the season and right (laughs) so you know there there are moments like that and i think i learned a lot from that and i would say if you if you're a drum major or any kind of leader um and you're you find yourself in those situations um, where you feel like it's kind of a trying a trying point or a challenging point for everybody. It's like, yeah, everyone is going to be looking at you and seeing how you react. And if you, if you stay calm, if you are rational and have a good sense of humor about things, um, I think that that is the best way to go about, <laughs> go about yeah. tough stuff like that. Honestly, I just, it's just having, you know, I always, I think a good reminder is just always like kind of a mind trick that I always play on myself. I was like, well, this is the only worst day I'll ever have. It's like, <laughs> I will never have, I will never have like m- Monday, September 25th, 6th, 7th, whatever again. So it's just, that's the worst day I'll ever have. All right, move on to the next day. Here you go. Boom. <laughs> that's a good um, one. Yeah, look, it it helps me during my psychosis. But anyways, um, so for you, um, I guess now, what what does it look like? Are you gonna sign up and do DCA? <laughs> no, I I'm definitely I've done enough, and I felt like there was kind of a point during the summer where it's like I realized I'm, I'm like too old for this. I think like mentally and physically, it just like I'm glad this is my last year. So. Right. Yeah, probably no DCA or any drum corps international or drum corps, um, like, I don't know, any any other, 
drum corps activities as just a enjoying the activity for once yeah yes um i've been teaching some high school marching band here's another i mean update i moved to texas i'm now no longer um a californian, a californian. that's yeah. right i'm i'm living in austin now so I teach a couple programs out here, which, I mean, we were talking about cult, like culture differences between states and even between programs within a state. And I've definitely seen a lot of that. Just my experiences with California bands and now Texas bands and even bands in different parts of the same part of Texas. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, it's, I, I you know, I got back from drum corps and then started kind of teaching the tail end of high school band camp. And um, right. having to adjust to that, it's been really fun so far. Um, yeah, Texas band is is crazy. <laughs> that is, I mean, yeah, Texas band is crazy. But then again, it's also like I, I'm glad that you mentioned the whole like even within the state. So like here in Georgia, you know, everybody asks for a, a clinician or a consultant to come in. Um, but for me, you know, consistently throughout this marching season, I've had the privilege to work with four different groups. And that alone has been like having to split your brain a little bit to to see where these programs are and what the culture is like. That's such a big thing, though. Culture has been a huge like eye opening experience for me. And then to be the middle person to kind of, you know, give instruction, but also be aware like, okay, maybe you should say it in this tone or maybe you should do this or these kids are at this level. So you can push this has been a real testament to the leadership capabilities for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I find the same thing. It's you like as a teacher, you have to meet students where they are and you have to kind of cater your instruction to um how i guess how historically a program may run things or maybe what the temperament of their band director is like you have to be kind of very culturally aware and not um i don't well actually this is a this is a good a good thing i think to talk about and this is a question for you when you go around and you're teaching all these bands and they're a lot of them are you know fundamentally different in the way they run things and their like ability level what right. are some of the values or some of the um, some of the like non-negotiable things that you um, you I don't know expect from your students or you know for example it could be like no matter how small the program is no matter how um, understaffed or how experienced inexperienced like you know I have an expectation that you know all of your music, you know all of your drill. Or, you know, when we reset between reps, I have an expectation for every single band program I work with that nobody is talking and, you know, everyone's silent, ready to go. Like, are there certain things that, like, hold true for every student that you have? The non-negotiables as an educator slash leader, because I can't preach leadership if I don't act on my own stuff, right? At least I believe that. You may have some individuals that, I mean, again, let's be real. We know the T. So it's just like, <laughs> come on. But um, the non-negotiables that I have is number one, as I guess the leader in the room, I make it a goal 
to, to bond with my students that I'm specifically working. Whether that's a group where it's the entire band where I'm the visual designer for, or whether if that's the just the drum major team that I'm working with, I make it a goal to at least bond with those members that are part of that team or that group um, because it's important. And one, I'm not a strict, like, Banten hut like kind of got like okay good for you i understand obviously i did it but um no I, I i like seeing my students laugh around me not at me around me um i like i just like also getting to know them and just seeing what what else they can bring to the table um because these these kids you know nowadays we live in a world where you know students and teachers uh, go through a lot, especially being in public schools. So like I want to be I want the non-negotiable on myself is to be that safe space. Period. I don't care what your program is like. We're going we're gonna we're going to authentically I want to authentically earn your trust. That's one. Two, the non-negotiables is I don't really and it's not necessarily non-negotiable, but my teaching, no matter what, it's going to be the advanced for your level. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if your program is, you know, 50 members only, you're going to still get 110% of me. Now, with me understanding that not everybody can do the same things or have knowledge, you guys are able to learn and it's important for me to teach within that learning style. So I have to be adaptable in that space so that I can give you that 110%. So say I'm going over choreography with a group that is that has never done choreo before. Okay, now I know that. Okay, but we're still going to make an effort at that level to the best that they can. Even if, you know, you may have these high-end instructors that are like the top of the top and they're like, oh, you can't do it. I hate it. I hate it whenever I hear other instructors like, oh, but they can't handle that. Right, yeah. Well, why not? Like, why not? Why can't they handle that? Or is it that you're not teaching it? You gave them a couple tries and then expected, like, they're essentially they're like babies learning how to walk with that analogy, of course. So you can't expect them to be perfect if they were never exposed to it. It's your job as the educator to expose them more to it. And if that means it takes us three months for them to finally understand what a passe is or a coupe is, we did something. And then number three is that I never, whenever I go into this stuff, I never want to change anything. I want them to do what they already know and mm-hmm. clean that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, kind of inch in different ways that they can do what they already know. And if they want to use it, they can use it. But the things that they were originally were doing are going to look 10 times cleaner than what they've been doing. So it's just kind of just like I want to. But and within that, there has to be excellence within that. Because also, the kids now represent me. If I'm working with you, you now say, oh, you had a lesson with Jared. Somebody asked you, you had a lesson with Jared. What do you think? Oh, he made this look 10 times cleaner. How you get into it, how do you how you prepare into it is going to be excellence. How you do it in the moment and act on it is going to be excellence. How you conclude it, it's going to be excellence. And it has to be consistent. So it's like, 
if we are prepping your ensemble, that has to look the same way. If that's how you guys have been doing it, okay, well then you need to do this here. So there is those, there are those disciplinary actions in order to make sure that the program is getting that 110%. So, you know, anybody that's thinking about teching, um, those are great advice because I think the stigma within a lot of techs within this activity is that they assume, oh, okay, I did drum corps for five years. I can automatically teach. Mm-hmm. It took me, it took me, I, I've been teching, I teched right after I graduated high school, didn't know what I was doing, kind of going with the flow, expected a lot from my kids, failed at it. I didn't know how to authentically be a teacher until I did Blue Devils, and I truly think that was because I was older and I was there to learn. And then seeing that process and bringing it to a level that my kids can understand and what my kids can do, that is, you know, it took time. So overall, I mean, I've been in the marching arts since 2014. So it's like it took that long to finally be comfortable within my education process. Yeah, I think we've all experienced, you know, being a, a marching member somewhere, whether it's high school or if you did drum corps. Um, you know, if you get new staff members sometimes, new techs, new band directors who might be, uh, I don't know, <laughs> coming straight from DCI, like you said, or have, have a ton of experience somewhere else and are just coming in, you see a lot of times that they want to completely change like everything and like introduce all these new ideas and you know new marching style and we're going to rehearse this way even though we've never done it this way Uh, i think we've all experienced that and i i like what you said about like you're coming in and you're going to work with how they've been doing things but you're gonna you know you're just going to clean it you're going to polish it you're going to perfect the things that they know how to do things that that they're you know that they're able to get comfortable with in the course of a season you don't want to be over uh, over ambitious with that and i think for me um, my kind of non-negotiables that I have for my students, I think it really it relates to creating an environment that we can learn and we can progress in. Because if those things aren't, like, if you don't have an environment that's conducive to learning, then there's no chance, no, no matter where you're at skill-wise, there's no chance you're going to climb up or get anything cleaner. So for me, I, I've told my students that I think there are, there are two things, two main things that you have control over, um, no matter what your skill level is or you know, no matter where you're at, and that is your focus and your effort. Those things require no skill. Um, they require no extra time, you know, no extra money. Um, but those are things you can 100% control. And I think those two things are what makes it possible for you to effectively learn and for the people around you to effectively learn too. So even if you don't know how to march an eight to five, or if you don't know the notes from, you know, rehearsal letter A to C, if you at least focus when, you know, your instructors are talking so that you, you know, know what rehearsal chunk you're doing and know... I don't know what we're working on. Um, And as long as you put 100% effort into it, even if it's like skill-wise, it is what it is. But if you are trying, then I think those are are my two big things. I don't care. I don't care if you have three left feet. If you are focusing on the right thing 
and if you are putting all of your effort into it, like that's that's exactly where you need to be. Right, exactly. And you know what? That's just you know how we best shape you know those leaders. And I mean, it's hard. Even I mean, I feel like we're still in an adjustment period. You know, 2022 obviously was a year ago. The activity within not only drum corps and like marching band programs are still growing. I truly don't think we're going to see the way that it used to be until like 2025. But that might be a hot take. I don't know. My hot take, I don't think we're ever going to see the activity as it used to be. And I think that's a good thing. Period. Mm, an even hotter take because you know, somebody, <laughs> some people think that we all should wear shakos still. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I mean, uh, going back to I guess like drum corps and like thinking back about this season, I really like I am just very very impressed with, um, like I don't know, just the direction that cores are going, both like artistically and like creatively, and also. Um, like organizationally, like how individual drum corps are run. I think that like since since the time I started doing drum corps, there's been like so much improvement in, in like health and safety initiatives and um, even mental health. I think yes. like there's been a couple cores where I've seen like they actively look for like mental health mindset coaches um, to kind of help these performers go into the season because like i think a lot of students of course like you guys literally came home august 13th 14th some of you i got messages about doing various cores august 16th august 17th 18th to this day and i i keep telling everybody i'm like look if you're thinking about doing drum corps you really need to love the activity and performing like you can't halfway it you know like it's a lot and i think people it's easier said than done um and a lot of people don't really it doesn't really hit until that contract hits and then you're like oh or even for some that audition comes and you really get to see how you know it immerses itself yeah and then you're in it Yeah, yeah but yeah i think i think i mean to kind of zoom out on everything i think drum corps um, is in a good place, and I, I also think there's a lot of things that, um, like just to be completely honest, like the financial side of it, I think is something that is probably going to be the biggest issue in the next couple years. But I think that if you are someone who is interested in marching drum corps, maybe never have before, or maybe you're interested in going to a different core, um, I. I think I, I'm just I'm very impressed at how how the overall experience in each core has improved over time. And I, I think we get fewer horror stories over the years, and I think that's because of increased accountability. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic about drum corps. Um, yeah, that, that's my two cents on it. What were some some highlights? You know, this was your last season. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you were very honest about, you know, this, it wasn't as easy as you may have thought, but what were those highlights that you kind of were just like, you know what, like, I did a good job. Because I think it's important to kind of reflect on that too, because drum majors are so hard on themselves. (laughs) Um, But what were some moments where you were just like, okay, 
I'm content or uh, you know what pat on the back or a leader that you saw do a phenomenal job oh my gosh this is I like <laughs> thought about that and you're definitely right I'm more self-critical than I am um, self self-praising um, I I really am proud of the the leadership team and you know I don't know how much of that like I helped contribute to but that was something that was kind of a thing where we one big thing we did different with the leadership team is like right from when we started our spring training, we did leadership meetings every week. Once a week, we met during a meal break, did a half hour, whatever, met every single week. And so I, I, we invested a lot of time and, you know, put, put our ideas into it. So that was something that was like rewarding to see at the end of the summer and throughout the summer. It's like, okay, we're taking our time out to meet once a week and like you can actually see the difference in it. Um, and I, I don't know. I think me personally, one thing, okay, here, here's, here's like one kind of North star that I had for this season. Um, any, like any thing that I did or said, or any, like, I, I don't know, taking a snapshot of a rehearsal day and like analyzing what I was doing, how I was doing it. I think my compass was um, like being the best drum major in the world, which is obviously like, that's not like a realistic thing, but how I would frame that is, um, you know, say we're running visual rehearsal and maybe I'm feeling a little bit tired. And so I'm kind of like maybe losing focus a little bit instead of paying attention when, you know, maybe I'm not doing a ton during vis rehearsal, but I would try to catch myself as much as possible and ask myself, would the best drum major in the world be acting like this right now? What would the best drum major in the world be doing? Probably, maybe they'd, you know, be trying to learn the drill of some color guard in the back that I've never watched before, just so, you know, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of things that you can do that are productive or maybe things that you can... When you're communicating to people, you can word them in a better way. So it was kind of, for me, it was like chasing perfection all the time. And I, I am really glad that I thought to kind of adopt that, that mindset. And that was so that when I got to the end of the season, I would make sure that I had no regrets and make sure that there was nothing that I could have done better at any, you know, one minute of the day during the season um and i think i accomplished that at the end of the season i felt like you know i did everything i could um and there's there's this great action shot of me and it's like the end i'm sure you've seen it it's i think it's on my facebook or something end of the encore run or maybe the beginning i forgot anyway encore run after finals at lucas oil like i'm aging out i have my medals on my age out flower and i'm like I don't know. I just look like so satisfied. And I think that just kind of sums up everything that I felt. So that was, that was really, I thought you, I thought you were going to cry. I mean, we were talking (laughs) like we, I thought I was going to see Corey cry one day and this sounds so weird, but I low key wanted to see him cry because like Corey (laughs) is so like such a man stone cold and just, you know, I got to be the best drum major that I got to be because I'm the best. I want to see him cry. I want to see that man break. So, That's so uh, funny. but I didn't. No. But it was good to also, <laughs> as a friend and you know, someone who's worked with you in the past, just be able to 
see that kind of happen. Um, you know, as we conclude this podcast, you know, for a lot of you, we understand that your competitive season is approaching. I think October for every marching arts program within the U.S. is, you know, pretty like hot when it comes to that, you know, calendar. Um, just advice that I would like to give to the leaders that are kind of in it, right? Um, and this goes for the people whose teams are thriving. You guys are bonding well and you're, you know, you're listening to each other and you're respecting each other or for the teams that aren't doing so well. You know, you're not, you know, the, you feel like the your your members aren't respecting you as much or you feel like there's beef between you and the other section leader. Both ends of the stick. I think something that has always helped reassure me is you're never going to have that opportunity to perform that specific show ever again. And especially if you're a senior in high school or a senior in college or this is about to be your age out for drum corps, that means a lot, you know, and you want it to end on a good note. So if there is something, even if your, if your section or your program is doing well or if it's not, if there's something that you can do to enhance that moment of, Maybe that's nostalgia or gratitude or just ease. Um, do it. And you don't need your director in order for you to plan a section hangout at your nearest ice cream shop. Or you don't need your, your band director to tell you um, if you want to make friendship bracelets with your section. Or you don't need your band director to tell you whether to apologize for something that you, even if you may not feel like you're wrong, to apologize to the person that you may have unintentionally hurt. So as you approach this competitive season, try to think about those things and whichever one best resonates with you. Your main goal is to end it on a good note. And that can be a big notepad or it can be a sticky note. Uh, Corey, do you have any advice for these, you know, people that are as they're as these leaders are approaching their competitive season. Is there any advice that you kind of want to give to them? I think what you said is great. Um, yeah, I, really, I would I would say the same thing. It's it's like you you don't know a good thing until it's gone sometimes. But um, but the, what you're doing is like if you're in high school, you'll you'll probably look back on it and, and think about how fun everything is. And over time, the things that were difficult or stressful um you won't remember those as much as as you do the um the exciting moments or the where you feel strong emotions strong positive emotions so yeah i mean this we sort of kind of zigzag back and forth but this is kind of where we're at after our fun summer 2023 we're now both age outs and we're still very much in the activity and still very much excited to keep bringing this podcast to all of you and continue being of help to you we have a ton of guest interviews planned on all different kinds of topics um i think that everyone will find something to um to learn this season on the eight to five club so i think that'll wrap up season two episode one season two that's crazy i know it's just season two episode one we that made is- it yeah, and I mean, we appreciate you guys so much for just taking the time. The amount of messages I get of 
know, people saying they love the 8 to 5 Club. Thank you for the 8 to 5 Club. It's truly inspiring, you know, both of us to just, you know, we see a purpose within that and, you know, to make sure that we're looking out for you. So if you don't, make sure that you share the 8 to 5 Club with people that you feel like you, that would benefit from it. Um, And definitely your band directors, because, you know, maybe you guys hear it in class, you know, whenever you need a free day. Um, But until then, thank you so much. And we will see you next time for episode two of the 8 to 5 Club. Have a great day.